Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Noise Upstairs podcast, a podcast that we don't really know what it's going to focus on, but we're going to figure that out. My name's Adam Wakefield, and I am going to be one of your regular hosts, and with me is my friend Chris Miller. How's it going, Chris? It is going, and uh, I'm here, and uh, this is good. This is the first time I've done a podcast, and... Yeah. First time anyone's really heard me, so this is interesting. We'll figure it out. I mean, really, the only experience that I have with this is, like, being on the radio one time when I was in 11th grade. <laughs> that was basically well, it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's just kind of uh, pretend like we know what we're doing, and we'll figure this out. I can do that. Cool, cool. Um, to make it a little bit easier on ourselves for the first time, um, we actually have somebody with us today, our friend Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. How Thank about you yourself? Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming all the way from Iowa. You flew me out here. I feel special. Wow. <laughs> I feel special just having known that you were flown out here. I didn't realize that yeah. <laughs> you and, are uh, a good person. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> there was a plane and she did fly out. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's oh, a pleasure. Birthday, by yeah. the way. Oh, it Thank was Taylor's you. birthday yesterday. Yes. 22. And she's 22 wow. years old. Doesn't get better, I promise. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Taylor is a, uh, she'll, she'll talk a little bit about herself in a second, but she is a graphic designer. And uh, her and I have worked a lot together on some collaborative projects. And uh, yeah, she, how long have uh, you, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, go for it. How long have you guys worked to work together? I know, because you guys oh, had a boy. lot more of a connection before, like, I was involved in the mix. I feel like you reached out to me about that pin we made. Yeah, and that was I did. The first friendship moment. Yeah, I saw this design that she made on Tumblr of uh, Tyler Joseph's head. Mm, okay. It was just his head, and I I was like that that's a pin that needs to be a pin. So I sent her a message and I said uh, that's a pin that needs to be that, a pin. I said that needs to be a pin, <laughs> and uh, and we decided to make it together and sell it under uh, one of the one of the houses that we pool house collective pool house collective which is no longer a thing but what what is that i'm not familiar with it was the it was like the name of a shop that we had Hmm. um kind of just for like random stuff okay and that pin was kind of like the featured item on it so cool so like so what you said that that's not a thing any longer how come that's not a thing what's what happened with that pool house kind of fell apart i don't know i feel like that was your thing at first it was you had a patch up Peachy patch. I, I still have those patches somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, it's on sale right yeah. now. <laughs> that was but, like three uh, years ago, yeah. Yeah, it was. Three or four? Was a long time ago. Wow. Three, yeah, three or four years ago. Dang. Interesting. Mm. I did not realize that you guys were like working together for that long. That's pretty cool. Same. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Cool. Wow, really. I kind of want to talk about Adam here for a second. Oh, boy. What, what are we talking about with me? And uh, because, you know, I'm going to be a host on here, and I kind of want Adam to be known by the audience here and and i want i want them to know i think what hand you had and what pots you know what i mean i think that'd be cool i think that's cool i know that was a weird turn of phrase but (laughs) well uh i definitely want to talk about the hand that you had because taylor and i are both what we consider (laughs) exactly taylor and i are both what we consider click artists and i think what other people consider us to be click artists i would say so yeah and uh i dragged Adam into this chaotic world. I'm click artist adjacent uh, now. Yeah. Click artist adjacent yeah, now. <laughs> exactly. And um, Adam is a wonderful musician. He's worked with me on a lot of uh, a lot of local projects, a lot of local Yelp Buffalo projects, and he uh, he does some fantastic scoring for some of the videos that I've put together. But um, so I 
I asked him to be part of this uh, last year, 2018's We Are Click Artist project, which was a big project with like shirts and posters that we did. And uh, last, the year before that, 2017, we did a documentary that was like a full length thing which I didn't have Adam work on because at the time I was uh, ignorant of <laughs> Adam's workflow at that, at that point. Yeah. I mean, at, at that time, I think that like, I think that it was one of those things where like I, I had gotten photos taken by you. So I knew that you were doing some stuff in like photography, but I thought honestly at that time, I really feel like I thought it was more of just like a standard photography business as opposed to like design work and um, really getting in depth and working with like, artists and creatives and stuff like that. I thought it was more just like wedding photography and right. stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, that I think it was just both of us. I don't think it was necessarily just on your side. I think it was both of us just kind of being ignorant, like in the sense that I knew you were doing stuff, you knew I was doing stuff, yeah. but we didn't know the full extent of it until yeah. basically I was like, wait a minute, you are literally making a living working just as a creative person down in Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? And I, th- <laughs> and I think there's something to be said there too. And then we can, we can touch on that later on in the podcast, yeah. but there's something to be said about the two different ends of the spectrum, commercial and just our total creative freedom, total artistic freedom and yeah. kind of just being experimental right? and open to the fact that people aren't going to like your stuff. Yeah. Some people are not going to be fans. For sure. Um, but uh, we can definitely talk about that later on. But I, I definitely want to talk about the music work that you did for We Are Click Artists. And uh, maybe you can talk about just that that mini-series that we put together. And Yeah. Um, so I want to say that you approached me about that in w- m- late November, early December of 2017. That sound about right? Yeah, it must have been. Um, and this was after you and I had done a photo shoot. Actually, I think that was the first time you mentioned it to me, was the photo shoot that we did in October of last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, any photos that you see of me online currently, they're taken by Chris, probably for the next like 20 years of my life. Any photos that are taken, by, uh, that are taken in legitimate ways yeah. are Chris. We're locked in. Yeah, basically at this point, it's just yeah. like, he, he's, he's, the guy, he's the go-to guy. Um, but... When it comes down to it, we were driving back from Erie, and you had mentioned how, hey, I have done this project in the past. I had done it as a longer thing, and I'm thinking about breaking it up a little bit and doing it in more like short-form content, and I'm curious if you'd be interested. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then... As the months went on, you started to give me a little bit more detail. Like I looked into the old the old project. I really loved the way that it came out and the way that you really focused on um, focused on bringing up these people who had who had this strong strong passion and were really driven to promote everything about this passion completely. Um, it was very interesting to just watch you sort of lift these people up in a very selfless way, but also in a way that made you feel just as good as they did about the project. So that's what kind of drew me to it. Like, because like you said, I wasn't really a part of the click artist movement. Um, I mean, I had heard of 21 Pilots. I think every single person on the planet has heard of 21 <laughs> Pilots at this point. At this point, yeah. Um, and um, I had liked some of their music, but it wasn't it wasn't enough to be like, yes, I am a part of this community or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but seeing how connected 
you were to it and how interested and how devoted you were really was like, okay, yeah, no, this is something he cares about. And that was more of the thing that drew me to it was actually like your devotion to it. And then when you started sending me, you started sending me like playlists to listen to and songs, uh, clips that you liked and stuff like that. And I was like, this is going to be bigger than just this project on a couple levels because I didn't know what exactly you were planning with with this project or anything. But for me, and I think I've expressed this to you in, um, in previous times, but for me, that was actually a very big formative time for me because you were the first time somebody else gave me a deadline on my music and you were pushing me to be like, no, I, I need this. I need this yeah. by then and this by then and stuff. So that really triggered something in, in my head where I didn't have the time to nitpick every single thing. Right. And my musical genre completely changed from January until like, even now it's still changing. And I do attribute that to like what I did on that project because I would send you stuff and at first you would you would be like okay this is great here's this here's this here's this change tweak this do that and you allowed me to break down walls that i had built up in my own head over years of working with other people like i can't mix yeah. this with that i can't mix this genre i can't do that and so that was what kept me going with it too. i think it's interesting that you say that as well because i think every artist like musician painter illustrator designer even like filmmaker, I think everybody has that one crucial point where they reach like, or, or they're approached with a project from an industrial standpoint where they're saying, this is work. Yeah. The, this is no longer an artistic expression right. purely on your own dime, on your own time. This is like, we need this for somebody else. We need this to get done. And yeah. we need it done the way that we need it to get done. Exactly. And... I, I understand that world because I've I've been working in it for many years at this point. Yeah. And I think Taylor has as well. Yes. Um, you guys definitely have so. a lot more experience in it than I do. Yeah. yeah. And it's frustrating. Yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. It gets to the point where you're pulling your own hair out and you're like, this is not how this should be done. But... You know, it's and you know what you saying that is very true. And you've you've expressed that to me in other ways, like through us talking over the past few months. Um, and it's it's something I've tried to really pay attention to because it's it's a concern of mine. It's definitely a concern of mine that like I don't want to get to that point where I, I'm trying to be cautious of what I take on because Yes, I I want to do things in order to like I, I basically want to make the moves to where music is my only like source of income and stuff like that. But yeah. at the same time, I also am absolutely terrified of that fact because of people that I've heard, like you guys talking about how at a certain point sometimes you have to like pull that creativity right. out of it in a way, that artistic view out of it. And that's going to be really difficult for me when it first when it first happens. Like, thankfully, I've been very much in my wheelhouse with the stuff I've been working on with you so far, Chris. But like the day that it happens that I have I'm asked to just do something that's like the most poppy thing I can write because it's going to be like an elevator song or something. Yeah, I'm going to do it, but it's going to kill me a little bit. (laughs) And that's and it's tough because, you know, I mean, as as someone that. I mean, I don't hire out very often, but with you, it was just like, I need somebody that can feed off of the creativity. 
at the level that I was working at. And I felt that you matched that. But at the same time, I didn't want to like cut you off Mm -hmm. to some degree because I'm hyper aware of that now because people do it to me constantly. Right. They, they kind of cut down the creativity level and, and put a ceiling on it and they say, don't get too crazy. But, um, I mean, with you, I, I feel like there's a ceiling there and we kind of mutually understand that, but yeah. I don't, I try my best to not be like, keep it within this house. Like, do not go outside of those bounds. Cause I want you to experiment and go outside of those. Right. Right. And, um, I mean, from a design perspective, how do you, f- I mean, for Taylor, how do you deal with that? I feel like mine is different. I work at a studio in Des Moines. Um, so I'm just the designer, so I don't interact with the client directly, Yeah. but I feel like a lot of people have comfort zones that they get put into and they are afraid to break out of that. So like, for example, we just did a logo for a client and we usually give them three to five ideas and they did not like any of them Hmm. because they were far from different from what they originally had. Yeah. Even though the logo that turned out was beautiful. Which is a very common thing, by the way. People will pick the least, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the a, worst logo of the bunch. I don't want to derail you, but I have a story about that afterwards. Oh. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like people get in a comfort zone and they're afraid to get out of that. And you kind of have to go with what the client wants because they're paying you. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, the story is, if you look at Evernote, the app, app Evernote, the yeah. note-taking app, they just recently did a redesign. And for people listening, I just did air quotes. And the reason why I did air quotes <laughs> oh, is no. because um, if you look at the app logo, it's the exact same thing, just rounded edges on the elephant as opposed to like more boxy edges like it was before. And they flipped it from being black and green as their color scheme to white and green. Those are the only differences. and But what makes it even worse is then you look at the blog post that Evernote posted, and it's this long thing about how they had this design this design company submit like 30 to 40 different ideas. They had different text fonts. They had different wow. color schemes, all these different things, and they ended up settling on the same color schemes and basically the same logo. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, no pun intended here, but there's a trench that people get stuck in. Uh, 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 that was a 21 pound That's funny. Um, I hate myself. Uh, but yeah, people get, (laughs) people get stuck in a trench and they, I mean, it's, it's almost like, uh, similar to like political views. Like the more people talk about it, the more entrenched they get in their own view. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the more you talk to them about other options, the more entrenched they get in their own view of what their logo and their branding should look like. Yeah. They get stuck with what works. Yeah. In in music, we call that demoitis, like because basically you get to the point where you've been working on a demo for so long, and especially nowadays, since everybody and their sister can record in their bedrooms, yeah. you record these demos and you focus on them and you fixate on them, and then you go record it in the studio and it doesn't sound good to you at all, and it's like, what the hell? Why doesn't this sound good? And it's because it's like you got used to listening to that shitty quality version of your song, now you're hearing a good version of it, and yeah. it sucks to you. That that's that's I feel like that's what people do. I feel like people. Are just like, you know, we want to change, but that looks uh, that looks pretty good. So we're just gonna stick with it. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's like you can you could push it further, but yeah. they just they just don't want to. Absolutely, it's a, it's a definitely a comfort thing. Oh yeah. But um, back to uh, the We Are Click Artists project yeah. as a whole. Yeah. What um, is that? What is that? Like, what is it? Well, I w- let's talk about real quick. Taylor was at. Oh, hello. Uh, yeah, hi. 
Yeah, Wait, who are you? When did you join us? Yeah, oh. when did you join us? You're from just, uh, just now. You're from Illinois. Ooh, close. Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> mm, a little far. <laughs> yeah. Um, I drove through your city. It's very nice. Oh, yeah. you messaged me that. Yes. Yes. It was very nice to drive through. That's yeah. great. <laughs> Glad you had a good experience. Um, <laughs> that that was one of the nicer trips or nicer stays on that trip was Iowa City. I gotta say that was good. one of the nicer spots we stayed. I can't in. say I've been to Iowa City, but. Lots from of, that state. Um, from from driving across your entire state, I'm assuming it probably looks about the same as where you live. It's just I was in a nice hotel. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that, that is pretty fair. Um, but yeah, for uh, the We Are a Click Artist project, I mean, what is that? You were... Well, you started uh, it. You were a part... I mean, yeah, I started it. But... Um, but I finished it. And, I, and, and, and I'm going to finish it, too. Because um, <laughs> I... Yeah. Um, but, uh, part of that whole thing and people get it kind of mixed up or they mix it together. Not really sure how to distinguish the two things, but Artopia was a art show that happened last year, um, at the Ohio shows. Yeah. It was during their tour de Columbus. Yeah. Tour de Columbus. That's what it was. Uh, 21 pilots hosted event at nationwide arena. And you were, uh, you were kindly asked to be a part of that. By Real Bear Media himself. Oh my god. Via Twitter. Marcus. DM. Ooh. DM. Ooh, the DMs. The DMs. Sliding Slid. into But uh <laughs> yeah, and a lot of I mean a lot of people felt I don't know, a lot of people almost felt uh cheated or like betrayed at the fact that they had to like single out artists. But the fact of the matter is, I mean if you let's be real, there's artists out there that are constantly working and they're constantly displaying a message of hope and passion, determination, and just continuing what you want to do yeah. in order to be fulfilled and be creatively happy. And, and, uh, from an artist standpoint, that's extremely important. And, uh, you are by far one of those people. You You are like top of that list for me. Thank you. And the message that you relay to other artists and just other people in general, definitely within the fandom, because I feel like just you're following a lot of people within that fandom, but you are, you're the deliverer of that message. And, um, that's why you were kind of picked. I feel like that's why you were picked to be in the art show. I think so. I, I guess, first of all, click artists are artists that are from the 21 Pilots fan base, I mm-hmm. guess, would how is how I would describe them. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, okay. Just getting sure. that out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so they mm-hmm. picked like 15 artists, yeah. I think, from all over. To so be that, there. To be there. And those that could not sent their right. work And over on top email. of that, they added like dozens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe even around they 100 They had people in Europe and... Yeah. So they got over there. But yeah, I feel like a lot of people were upset. I definitely got harassed for it yeah. by several people over direct message. Which is ridiculous. Yes. Which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's... You work incredibly hard at what you do, and I feel like... Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's really hard to kind of weed through that, that element of hate and kind of... Uh, oh, yeah, it's easy to get stuck Cyberbullying. <laughs> I mean, it's... And you know what's you know what's tough. What's really frustrating to me, and I feel like to a lot of people, about cyberbullying is like, 
I feel like the only reason why it even exists in the form that it does is because people feel like they're behind this wall that protects them. So they feel like they can say anything like I, I've seen some comments and I sit there and go, there's not a chance in hell that you would say that to somebody if you were right in front of their face. Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely not. not. And, yeah. and, and you know what? Like not, not in like a horrible way. Cause I've tried to like keep this in mind myself, but like even myself, like I remember this one Twitter interaction that I had, I want to say it was back in February and I was listening to a podcaster and, um, he, he for like weeks was just being really negative about everything. And so I was just like, dude, why do you got to be a curmudgeon about everything? It's not really even necessarily like right. a negative thing, yeah. but his response to me was, um, why do you have to go and insult a total stranger? You don't know me. And it was like, in that moment I went, Oh God, I'm that same person who literally yeah. just threw that insult at them expecting him not to respond. But the second he responded, right. I felt guilty and I felt terrible. And it's like, I feel like that's something that, you know, as much as I love the internet is something that's really missing from the internet is people put up that wall of anonymousness, anonymity, whatever the word is. Yeah. Yeah. They put, they, they basically, they, they become the little egg picture on Twitter and like they disappear from the, from the void. And it's like, yep, I can say whatever I want. But there's, I mean, there's, there's a certain culture of like pessimism. Yes. Optimism and pessimism. And there's, it's it's not like one thing is right and one thing is wrong. They both exist. Like people go on Twitter to get humor from the pessimists that are out there and they're tweeting all this stuff because they find it funny. Yeah, I mean it's self defeating and relatable, so yeah. they find it funny. But also it kind of offends certain groups, and it's kind of like, well, that's not cool. Yeah, that part of it's not cool. Yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely hard, and and that is a line that I feel like I see some of my friends dance across very gently because I um, a lot of my friends have um, this self hatred type of humor where it's mm. like it, we all just shit on ourselves basically, and yeah. like when it comes down to it you have to be careful what you say because you can be joking, but context is missing online. When people are just reading oh, yeah. tweets and stuff like that, context is completely missing. Oh, so you could say one thing, meaning something have it be mean something totally different to somebody else. So it's just, it's, I feel like people just need to be more careful online. I feel like people, it, yeah. I think this is something you and I have talked about. I feel like people, when it comes to technology and when it comes to inter- the internet and everything, just, they need to understand how much power they have and they can't just keep acting like we've, we've acted for the past 200, 300 millennia, whatever amount of years you want to look at. We're in a different time now and people need to understand that. And I think that that's the movement that we see right now where a lot of people are, um, are hyper aware and overly overtly sensitive about certain topics is because I feel like people are trying to relay, Hey, this is a problem that we need to address. This is something that we need to recognize. Like context is important, but context is missing on the internet right yeah. now. So until we can imply that context, we need to figure out a different way of communicating, which sucks, but it's just how it is. I mean, that's yeah, a big issue. That's like a big issue with like the, the skeleton click as it were, you know, that's, is, I that, feel the, is that the full term? That's the full term. For oh, it. that okay. was the original phrasing yeah. for it. Okay, yeah, it still exists, but I feel like that problem it's almost like exacerbated in that sphere. Yeah. Which very is why much people so. get so flustered. They just get so riled up. And as someone who's been in 
that realm for so long. And I feel like Taylor might feel the same way. Yeah. It's you have to take a step back. Oh, yeah. There's no other way. Like to multiple do that. steps back. Yeah. Which is hard, but it's definitely necessary. Because there's just so many people that are just so, I don't know, they're just so overactive in their, their, it is their life. Yeah, it I, is. I think that's the problem. Sorry, I need to sit closer to the mic. I realize that. <laughs> um, I think that's a problem with um, the way we, the way people, uh, it's, it's a problem with how musicians have to market themselves now. And it's a problem that extends to the fan where um, musicians, they fixate on the super fans. That's something that like basically like if you read any modern day music industry book, they basically tell you, you know, the millions and millions of fans you can get, those aren't the important ones. It's the thousand fans that are going to buy every single thing that you put out. Um, And the problem with those super fans is the reason why they become super fans is they connect with the emotion that you, that you're putting into the music. And so they almost feel like that song is them. That song is describing them or that art piece is describing them. So then when they, have somebody say, oh, 21 Pilots is shit. They go, you're attacking me. It's oh, not, yeah. it's not yes. even just yeah. like, oh, you're attacking my favorite band. You're attacking me oh, because absolutely. you're attacking the emotions that I feel. Absolutely. Well, and, and that's, I feel like, why the claws come out because it's like, it's it's not they don't feel like it's this music that they're being attacked or their art that's being attacked. It's them. It's yeah. literally them. That is a good point. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it sucks, but it's just it's how it's how it comes down to it's really what it comes down to is just like some people just take it a little too far yeah honestly i mean that's something that adam and i had talked about previously i think it was a few days ago maybe a week ago but this podcast was basically predated by like us having several conversations like this and then eventually we were just just like you know what we should probably just kind of bring this to a public space and yeah <laughs> even if it's a digital public. yeah but uh yeah we i mean adam and i kind of talked about that relationship with music and how people can get just so defensive and offensive at the same time just from somebody saying something negative about the band or about the music itself and i directly related that to owl city which is a band that i have followed for a decade now I mean, Adam Young has been one of my top artists since I was a freshman in high school. And uh, I finally got to photograph his show. Which is, bravo to you. That, I mean, I'm still blown away by that. That's that, awesome. That man. was like a high school thing. Like, when I was in high school, I said, I need to go to one of his shows and be able to, like, professionally photograph this. And at the time, I was not a photographer. I was I was kind of digging into it at the time. And I said, this is, like, a goal for me. So that was a milestone to be able to shoot that. And I wrote a, I wrote a kind of a longer thing about it on Instagram because not that it was like such an event and such a milestone. I mean, it was for me, but the reason that I wanted to kind of publicly explain that to people was because there was a lot of mocking. I mean, name calling, I mean, I'm not, stuff that I'm not just, I'm not going to repeat, but it's just homophobic slurs and stuff simply because you would tell people that you listen to Owl City. And Adam, I know, I know Adam was a fan as well in high school. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that was just like, (laughs) I mean, it's not just Owl City, but it's like other, other bands as well. 
that were viewed in that light of like, well, if you listen to that, then what's hysterical is some of those bands have gone on to be some of the biggest bands in the world. I like, know. like oh, the, the hate I used to get for listening to panic at the disco. <laughs> Are you know. kidding me? Oh, oh my man. goodness. That first album. If I, if I told anybody that I listened to that, like they would immediately like mark me as like this emo kid. And like, like you said, call me slurs that I don't feel comfortable like repeating. Yeah. And like, and it's just like, Oh, and now literally every single person yeah. on the planet listens to him. Okay. Right. <laughs> but as a high school kid, you kind of like, you shut that out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Taylor experienced that. No. <laughs> not well not necessarily at, at I don't a younger know. age i don't know i'm sure you probably dealt with just a different style of bullying than oh yeah did. definitely yeah not including music but yeah i mean yeah. i feel i feel like guys kind of target stuff like that because yeah. we like we because at least at least the school that the school that chris and i went to was an all guys school and so i feel like they're also, the other big thing was sports were really huge. Right. So, so yeah. if you were the type of person, oh, and I should also clarify, if you weren't into sports, you were in the drama club. So, Either if or. you, if you, or uh, or concert band yeah. president, I should say. So, so <laughs> if you were if you were not one of those 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 cool kids. Um, and you felt emotion and expressed emotion, they targeted you like crazy. Oh, that's Absolutely. so wrong. They yeah. did. It was really, really messed up. But yeah, I, didn't, I mean, Owl City was one of those bands that was definitely tied in that, in mm-hmm. that world. And uh, being able to kind of tell people that and explain like, you know, my, my social media uh, character, I guess, that I, that I portray online and like, it's all fine and dandy, but like there were the problems that exist today, I mean, they still existed yeah. with, you know, with me as a younger kid, they still exist today. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people don't get that because of a social media platform following. Mm-hmm. It's like, that doesn't change your entire life. Oh, go. There's no, still no, no. <laughs> so many hardships. And, um, I mean, I even more so. Yeah. I mean, in even more so in, in different, in different ways that yeah. you would have never have expected. No. I mean, as a, you know, when I started Instagram, I maybe had like 150 followers. And, you know, when I, when it got to be like a regular level, I was at like 150 for a while. And like, I was thinking to myself, oh man, like if I got like 10K or like 15K or like 20K, like that would be wild. I'd have all these people. Yeah. Life changing. And I would, you know, I would have none of these problems and stuff and. Everything would be positive. It's that's and not the case. It is quite the opposite. It's quite I the feel opposite. Like. You have to weed through so much crap. This is this is nice to hear you both say because you guys have a lot larger of a following than I do. I have like <laughs> I think I just rocked over two hundred sixty. Woo! Hey, no, that's, I mean, honestly, take uh, enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, you know, not to say that we don't. Have, I mean, I, I appreciate pretty much everyone. Oh yeah, I'm glad I have. What everyone, I, I appreciate everyone of my things. The people that comment and give me like feedback on all the stuff that I put out. Yeah, there's a few that I've noticed that have followed me since the very beginning, and yeah. they're still here, and that feels real great. Which goes back to like Adam when you say like super fans and stuff like that. I mean, it's not to a certain degree where I'm like on a record label playing worldwide shows, but we have a small chunk of people following us, and there's an even smaller chunk of those people that have tracked with us for like a long time, a long time, dude. There's a couple people I see their usernames and I'm like, 
they've been liking my stuff for like eight years now. Well, and something I do want to touch on. Whoop, I'm sorry. I keep bumping the table and That's I'm okay. going to stop doing that. It's a cheap card table <laughs> um, for those listening at home. But, um, <laughs> the spare bedroom, the, spare bedroom. The thing that I, the thing that you said that I do like sort of push back against is, um, Oh God, did I lose that train of thought? It's going to come back to me. One yeah, of these. I'm sure I will. Um, I believe in you. Oh, okay. So you mentioned that like, um, it's slightly different because like you're not going on tour and you're not supported by a record label and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not a world. I don't have, you know, 250,000 people following me. It's, but, but you do go to other cities and shoot for artists and you do, you are like planning trips. Like you, you went and shot somebody's wedding or a couple people's wedding in Albuquerque, right? Yeah. Yeah. Colorado. Yeah. And, and like you're planning on moving a little bit later so you can get more opportunities that way. I mean like, yes, you're not, you're not like signed to a major label and touring, but I'm going to let you in on a secret. 90% of bands are doing that. (laughs) God, I had no idea. (laughs) Like, it's like, like the majority of the time, like, the people that I know, they, they're not doing that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just, co- they're doing things themselves. They're self-supported a lot of the right. time, especially nowadays. A lot of, a lot of bands are self-supported and it's the ones that have something extremely unique about them or some, or the ones that sound identical to everyone else that get a major label. And that's the thing. And yeah. so like, I, that, I just wanted to make that clarification because I I don't necessarily think that it's it's good to like oh here and then there like different levels. No, I agree with that for sure. I don't think um, I don't think measuring success based on following or kind of like where you're touring. I don't I don't think that's so that I don't think that's a tool that you should measure success by. I think it's probably more so are you fulfilled with what you're making? Right. And is it sustainable for you at the level that you're comfortable living at? Yeah. And that's, to me, that's, that's what it's all about. And, um, I mean, if, if followers come along the way and they're interested in seeing what you're doing and, and following what you're doing and, uh, interacting with it, by all means, go ahead. Like, I'd love that. I'd love to talk to people about that stuff. Same. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add on that. But, uh, so anyway, I apologize if this is distracting. No, it's kind of like soothing. There's a screensaver, uh, that Adam has on his laptop here and it's kind of like aerial footage of what seems to be. So, so it's funny that you said aerial because I will put a link in the show notes cause we're going to have show notes. Um, okay. but it's this thing called Arial that you can download for Mac and okay. it, these are all of the screensavers that you get on an Apple TV. Really? Yep. Oh, these are nice. Yeah, so... Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, so right now we're looking at beautiful London. I'm transported. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, to wrap up kind of the We Are Click Artist conversation, I feel... Oh, yes, back on that. Yeah, we went off on a tangent there. That's going to happen every it single happens. podcast. Is, just so you people know, every single podcast, there's going to be 17 tangents for every point. topic. That's the point. That is okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Taylor was... Um, you were featured on that first one, that first documentary. Yeah, and the first one. shirt. That was cute. And the first shirt. So your goal originally was to have people submit logos. That, that was the yeah, that was the initial goal. And that was that first year did not have any sort of media 
So Adam, when he said that he watched the first documentary, that was the, technically that was the second year. Oh, so the okay, first year yeah. I was having a little bit of trouble because I'm like, I'm like, I don't remember you being <laughs> in this. I kind of yeah. hide the fact. I kind of hide the fact that that was the first year because I didn't, I didn't push into it a hundred percent. It was more like sixty five percent, and I regret it because I was like, I probably just shouldn't have done it if I wasn't fully on with it. But um, there were fifty five logos on that very first shirt. Hmm. Just fifty five, and I—I I mean that, which seems like a lot. That felt like how, a lot. How how many are on this year's shirt in in comparison? Um, three hundred and thirty five. There you go. So, that is why it's a yeah. big deal, <laughs> and, and that's only like within three. But yeah, so that first year, there were fifty five, and I was—I mean, I pushed it pretty hard. I was like, you know, all these click artists, like send me your logo, we'll get you on. And when you put, I was like, oh yeah, I got fifty five submissions. Like we well, put all these on the shirt and. I can give it, you know, whatever these people can buy it. So I'm designing it out and I'm laying it out and I lay out these 55 logos and I'm like, oh my God, this shirt is completely empty. Oh, there's There was so much space. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I can't make the logos like any larger. Like it would just be ridiculous. So, uh, but Taylor was uh, on that first shirt. Yeah. And You you were one of them for sure. Yeah. I feel like you donated, you donate the money each year. Yeah, that first year we donated, um, I think it was $80 total to uh, to Write Love on Her Arms, which is a suicide prevention... Um, non-profit? Non-for-profit. They've been around for... They've been around for a like while. Since 2006, I want to say. Yeah. Like, I, I, I remember like growing up, the genre of music I listened to, you know, being an emo and metal kid, like... A lot of a lot of people have depression in that genre, right, um, well. <laughs> and uh, I saw those wristbands and those T-shirts at every single show I ever went to. Yeah. At least five to ten people wearing that stuff. So yeah. that they've been around for a while. I mean, they, the awareness that they spread and stuff. I mean, just you know, I, th- I think Pete Wentz was actually a part of starting that. Pete Wentz of Fall Out Boy, the bassist. Nice. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was a part of that. Might have been. But uh, but yeah, that was one of the that was one of the organizations that we donated to, and then I kind of those were I don't know if those were chosen by me or not I can't remember. I it was you. I remember you texted me and asked, and I was like, "You're like, should I? Taylor, do- is this a good idea?" I'm like, "Yes, Christopher, it is." I was like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> <laughs> friendship. <laughs> a friendship was born. There. But um, yeah. So then the second year, I kind of like opened it up. And I was like, where do you guys want these donations to go to? Yes. And that was, to write Lover in Our Arms, like, was like... The highest. 85% of the people were like, yes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep that. But then I think I opened it up to, like, marine conservation and some other ideas that I was like, maybe people would want to switch that up. But they really liked the ASPCA. Yeah, I was going to say, so So they were the ones who picked the ASPCA? Yeah. Okay. Huge animal lovers in this group. I don't... I'm happy it wasn't PETA. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Um, but uh, yeah, so they picked that, and then we kind of split it. So that first year, it was 80 total. I think the second year was like uh, 220, 250, somewhere around there. And then this past year, I did... Um, that shirt with a poster as well. And 
oh God, I don't want to get this wrong, but I think it was 650 altogether. Didn't you post it on your 660. Instagram? I think it was 660. It was a lot. It was a lot of money. Honestly, 660 bucks. Waylon. Yeah. Take a look. Let's see here. How long ago did you post Speaking it? of, I, I know we did the introductions oh, while Adam looks this up. Um, you did social media for each one. Yeah, 800 for 800 each. total. 800 total. That was 800 total? Yep, 400 for each. 400 to write love and 400 for ASBCA. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay, that was pretty good. Honestly, that was like, not me. That was everybody else. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Everybody else. I mean, they, sure, it's their logo on the shirt, but like, they know what they're supporting. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's all about the cost. It's pretty awesome to see where it started and how uh, it ended up. While I'm on your Instagram, where is your adorable puppy at? She is. Uh, she's downstairs taking a nap. <laughs> I figured, yeah, she would be. She'd be pretty upset that we're all up here, and she's like downstairs <laughs> behind a gate. I won't tell her. She'll, she'll jump five feet to clear that gate. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was that's pretty much where it went, and uh, did that documentary with We Are Click Artists. Which one? The one I was a part of was the first one. Yeah, that was the first one. Mm-hmm. That's how like the media got into it because I was like, this this could be like more of a brand. Sorry, I couldn't make music for your video. Yeah, like I was upset about it. I was just like, you know what? I I want this to be like a total creative project. And I was like, I feel like the music was okay on the first one. Yeah, but. I think yours worked better with the little series. Thank you. Like that was that I was really, really cool. like that miniseries. I, I, I just I really like the way it turned out. I Same. like basically what I tried to do is I tried to um he he gave me a playlist uh on Spotify to like listen to like of songs that he liked and everything like that. And then um as he was coming out with like different people, I was trying to look at their pages beforehand and go what is their feel kind of thing yeah um and so that that was a lot of fun because it was like okay this person would fit more this song that he sent me because that was the other thing i was was trying to match people up to specific specific songs and everything like that so that was a lot of fun too yeah absolutely but i i think what i was um while you were while you were looking up the wheel of media stuff i was going to say on social media i know we did introductions way earlier but uh (laughs) We didn't do any of like the social media stuff. So Taylor, if no one is aware, her Instagram is TG Whip. Yeah. Could you spell that out? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. G. Thank you. W H I P P. Yeah. And that's that's a that's her uh, art account. That is my art account. And uh Adam. I have three now. Wow. Oh my gosh. I have three accounts. Um the one that you should care about if you like music is at underscore, that's the little line that's at the bottom, not yeah. in the middle. Um, underscore college try, so college try, like the good old college try. Um, and if you want to find this podcast, we have at noise upstairs, so n- nothing special about that, just at noise upstairs. Yeah. Um, and I'm at underscore Adam Wakefield because. That's where I post pretty pictures. At least what I think is pretty. You guys post oh, way yeah. prettier stuff than I do, but like... No, I don't know about that. Yeah. Mo- <laughs> mo- most of my stuff is literally shot on an iPhone and then edited on Instagram, well, so... Hey, I mean, it, if it works, it works. Yeah. Their whole editing system is pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you? Uh, you got you got a couple things, too. I, f- I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I, put, I put the name everywhere, but it's uh, Wayland Media. So that's um, at... W A Y L A N D 
media. And um, that's about it. Oh, on Twitter, though. Oh, boy. There's a lot of confusion, by the way. Twitter. I don't want to get on a huge tangent about this, but I'm. let me just say something about it. There's talk a, to me. Talk to me a about guy, Twitter. <laughs> there's a guy. I don't know where he is. I, I, I did some digging. I think he's in Maryland. I did some digging. But he, uh, he owns the URL. Uh, not the URL. He owns the, uh, the handle Whalen Media on, on Twitter. Hmm. And his logo is just like a blue W, just like, like from like a font, just like, like click. the Cubs, like the Cubs, you know, like so, yeah, like bait sports. When was he? When does he post regularly? Um, the last time he posted was two thousand and six, and needless to say, I'm irked. So, uh, so I contacted Twitter um, and looked into some stuff, and they're basically not allowing me to like get someone's username unless they've been inactive for a certain period of time. But this guy's been active for longer than the time that they are spelling out. Hey, Jared, if you're listening, do something about this. I would love him to. But this guy is just, I mean, people, when you search Whalen Media, like on Twitter, you see all these people and they're trying, like they're referring to something that I've done, but they don't know what to do because when they type in Whalen Media, I'm not there. Because my Twitter handle is Wayland underscore media. I'll edit this out, but I have a buddy named Jared who works at Twitter. I'll talk to him about it and see if we can get this worked out. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we went off on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's kind of it's kind of weird. But, yep, yeah, it's strange. I feel like Taylor kind of deals with the similar thing. I have TG Whip on Twitter as well. That's why I went with the underscore, though. Getting college try for anything was an impossibility, so I was just like, underscore it. God. Um, I'm sorry, this is just miserable. <laughs> dude, I mean, the other thing that... I, I don't mean to like pick at you, but the other thing that drives me crazy is WaylandMedia.co. Oh my god, dude! dude I, I mean, honestly, because those things cost like a thousand bucks. I know, I know, but I like it though. Like, I'll keep it. I like, I like the dot co. Um, I, th- I think it's just out of like minimalism. Honestly, I just like just keep be- the Chris. fact that it's two letters and not three. I need. I'm to just change like, from oh band. yeah, that's so unique. People are gonna love me. I need to change away from. But that's band. not the case. <laughs> Swaylandmedia.com. In fact, they failed to find me because of it. Oh no, it's a it's a it's a site that he can buy. It's just like I think the last time I looked at it it was like thirteen hundred dollars for for a year of it. Whalenmedia.com is I believe is owned or was owned by the same guy that owns that Twitter handle. The same thing that same thing with me. I've tried I the two links that I really want are collegetry.com, obviously, but again, like a couple thousand dollars. Or the other one that I really want is try.college. But that one cost four thousand. That's a university thing, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. a university. Oh. Thing. It's like a <laughs> university <laughs> handle. Yeah, try dot college. Well, it's it's open. No, there's no try dot college yet. Yeah. So I, one day when yeah. I'm making a bunch of money, that's what I'm yeah. gonna do. You set up a fake college like uh, Adam is now in session. But but now I I do need to I do need to get rid of that dot band thing because that's kind of I feel like it's kind of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Cliche tacky? almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know what you mean. 
It's like it's it would be the same thing for me being like Wayland Media or like Wayland Dot Design or something. Yeah, something like that. And it's it's I don't, I don't like know. That. I like I get it, but I it's just weird. I, like if you were to see it somewhere, you'd be like, "Is that a website?" Right. Like you'd have no idea. It would. It, it, I like that it's a thing because it's cool that you can do like customization like that. Like yeah. I could see something like. Oh, it would be really cool if like Steve Miller changed his website to the Steve Miller dot band. That would that would be cool. That'd but be for cool. but for me, college try dot band is really clunky. So yeah. I, I, I'm trying to come up with something either really clever, like I like that Adam is in session dot com yeah. idea. That, that, I think that'd be interesting. I, I like that I like idea. That. But um I need to figure out something because yeah. like why can't everything be as cheap as noiseupstairs.com was? That you was twelve ninety nine. That's a great <laughs> And that's a great name, by the way. Yeah. Noise Upstairs. Like I've told multiple people about this, like Thank the you. name and everything, and they're just like, Who who came up with that? And they're like, Did you come up with that? I was like, it was not me. It, it was Adam. They're like, That's I, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I spun it off of an idea because there's an EP from a band I like called Man Overboard, um, called Noise Upstairs. Man was, Overboard. Yeah. We had a conversation Got about it. this earlier. I was trying to remember the band name. Uh huh. Now, yeah. now we know. Man Overboard. Got it. Um, nice. But they have like an acoustic album that is called Noise Upstairs EP. And it's one of my favorite EPs of all time. But then I was thinking about it more and more, and I'm like, I really like the name Noise Upstairs because it, it references a couple different things. At the time, Noise Upstairs was a name that I was using to like call my studio setup, which is going to continue forward eventually. But at the time, I was living on the second floor of a house, so the noise was coming from upstairs. But on top of that, Noise Upstairs also refers to like the noise in your head, the noise upstairs. Yeah, there's a lot that of different. Uh, I try and be clever with my names. So many avenues. <laughs> you did it. That's Thank good. you. Thank you're, you. You're just you're you're really doing it. You know. Thanks, guys. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> really doing it. But uh, I mean, not to not to add any pressure to anybody at this table, but um, websites. websites. What about them? Um, Taylor, let's talk about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about your website. Uh, let's see. I have one. It is down. Uh huh. And I need to get that back up. Why is it down? Because I messed up. (laughs) I tried updating my theme on WordPress and Mm. something happened and then I'm like, ah. Oh, because you're a cool kid who uses WordPress and not Squarespace like myself. (laughs) Do you use Squarespace? I do not use Squarespace. You use WordPress as well? No, I, and people are going to laugh at this, but I say I use Wix. Oh, wow. That's, I, I wouldn't have expected that, honestly. No, I, I use Wix. Interesting. And, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Wix is like the best thing. But I just, I started off using it and it's so fast for me to update. I just, I'm sticking with it for now. Just so everybody knows, the reason why my website is not being updated very quickly is because every single time I go to Squarespace, they max out my CPU and my <laughs> computer shuts down from overheating. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, not good. Well, not good at well, all. There you go. I mean, that's not a good thing. No, not good at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I will, I will I'll work on that. Taylor's under construction right now. I also have other projects that are taking priority. Yeah, she has a lot of other projects. Speaking of Taylor's projects... Can we talk about that music video that you sketched out scene by scene? Wait, oh, what? Yes. The Guns for Hands music video. I don't know I, if Adam's ever seen this. I have not heard oh, or okay. seen about this, and this is this is interesting to me. I am intrigued. Good. Let's um, talk about it. Right, is, is everybody sitting down? Okay. I, I'm sitting cool. down. We're all sitting. 
If you're driving, park. This is going to be big. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't need to park. Well, it's, it's, it's not that great. Um, yeah, so 21 Pilots has a music video out for Guns for Hands. And I enjoy that song thoroughly. So um, I rotoscoped the entire music video. Wow. Yeah. Which means drawing frame by frame. Yeah, no, yeah, ex- I, I'm, I, I am familiar with that. Holy <laughs> For those cow! Who have no idea. Explain a little yeah. bit to like people that don't know what a rotoscope is. Explain what that is. A rotoscope. Yeah, for for you know for, the other people that don't know, not um, me, not me because I know, but the other people. Silence. Uh, <laughs> Wait, do I know something about like video and and like photos that you don't? This is something else. <laughs> a rotoscope is just Continue. like a frame by frame animation. So like every time the video was paused and you press the forward button one frame and then I would draw that and then yep. keep doing it. It is extremely tedious. The entire music video. Extremely tedious. We're talking about like a, like a double tap of a space. Yeah. I guess it's more spaced out. It's definitely delayed. And if I would change a lot of things if I could do that again. Well, um, but can. I had, I had no intention of finishing the entire thing at all. Like I just started as like a way to cope with self-harm just started drawing it because for some reason that helped more than anything else and then i just ended up finishing the entire thing i think it ended up being 1600 frames or so Uh, so i like worked on it for a year and a half yeah and then just put it up on youtube yeah just she just casually threw up a video on youtube and was like this took like a year and a half it's fine so I will definitely be putting the link for that in because I have not seen this either. And I need to see this because that sounds incredible. It sounds impressive. It's insane. Belief. Yeah. It's insane. I'm pretty happy with it. I, I can. So, so when you say draw, are you talking like drawing through illustrator using like a sketch pad, like, um, like a Wacom tablet or. Yeah. I okay. found a tablet, um, on $10 on Craigslist. Wow. Um, so it was, very crappy, but it did. It did the it work. It did what you needed. So it to. I just did it all in Photoshop. Wow! And I had never done any sort of animation before, so I had to figure out how to how to line that up. So basically, I just put them in sets and then exported them as videos and threw them into Premiere and then put them all together. <laughs> it's so insane. It's a music video. It's insane. Good for you. Yeah, it was like bravo. Wow, that is something else. Like you did the intro and everything, like the introduction. Oh yeah, and stuff. that was the hardest. The yeah. whatever language that is yeah. that is at the top and to trace every letter. That was insane. Yeah, was- I definitely I had to put a deadline on it because um, I definitely needed to finish it. Yeah. Um. So I had that back at Artopia. Um. Yeah. I made like a quick little. Oh, because it Luke. wasn't finished at that point. I did not. I had not finished it. But you had like a little trailer going on a laptop. Yeah, on my yeah. my iPad. I just had like the date pop up and that going yeah. for people to look at that. That's, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that is done. It's it, done. It has been a year, about a year since it. I published it. And I was going to sell prints. Oh, you um, should. On the year, and then I missed it. Oh, you missed it. Um, but I'll probably put that back up on my website. Didn't you say you were potentially working on another one? Yes. <laughs> I started doing one. Um, oh, what was it? It was Paramore. I think it was, oh, now I don't remember. Damn. It was one that they played live on mm. a late night show, and just the introduction of, um, of Haley. What was it? It's was not, it Hard Times? It might have been oh, Fake Happy. No, uh, Rose-colored boy. 
oh, was okay. that, that yeah. introduction. I was I gotcha. just going to, yeah, it was just a slow close-up of Haley moving, and then I was going to yeah. add, like, the tears dropping in their, their three colors. Oh, man. Which I started that, and I feel like that's, like, half done, and then I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> well, I'm reminding you of yeah, it but that right one, now. That one is also only, like, 20 seconds long instead of the four-minute and something so in video so in february chris and i are talking about doing a music video for me and i feel like i might need your help for something i will help you yeah because this is down this is giving me ideas and oh man oh man oh man this sounds so cool yeah (laughs) i would love to do that this sounds oh my gosh oh yeah yeah we'll have to go we'll we'll have to dig into that a little bit. cutting from cutting from like cinematic to like Oh, exactly. We'll talk about this yeah. off air. Yeah. This is a Deal. project that needs to be. Oh, this is a little so teaser. Fun. I'm working on something, guys. It <laughs> really needs to be discussed. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, yeah, that was that. But yeah. That's so cool. That is Thank really, you. really cool. Because, yeah. like, honestly, like, I am blown away when by people's artistic abilities more so than I am like video and audio, even though like I appreciate film and I appreciate video and I appreciate music like the most, I look at people's drawing and like painting skills and just, I'm, that is a skill that I have craved and wanted since I was little. I've always wanted to be able to draw and yeah. I'm like, I can do a stick figure pretty well at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah. But you mentioned earlier when you were talking about it, that, it was a way for you to kind of cope with self-harm. Yes. And I feel like that was why you kind of took on a project that you knew would take over a year to finish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you're like, this will last me. Yeah. This will last a while. This will be great. This will be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even remember doing some of it. It was just so mindless. And so, so like, I didn't get as far as I thought I kind of, no. So What's when that? did you, how long did you think this was going to take you? I I had no idea. I was just only going to use it when I needed to, which is also, there's a line in the song, um, which is why I picked it. And now I can't remember the line of the song. You don't remember Shoot at this. Ah. Um, That Tyler was talking about in the song. So I'm like, this is what I'm shooting at. And you're going to shoot at that project. Shoot at that um, instead of myself. So yeah, I don't know. I just started doing it when I needed to. And then I'm like, I did a lot of frames. Which is, yeah. Which is, I think it, I, I'm going to use that as a segue to kind of like get into a mental health conversation. Yes. And I think that's... Yeah, we're official. We have topics. I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's something... I wrote down that word, mental, <laughs> mental health. Um, I think that's something that's like pretty important to talk about. And I think using artistic projects like that to cope is something that a lot of people do. Oh yeah, and I I think some of the people don't even realize they're doing it. I like they're they're just doing something, and they're like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble with this, but they don't realize that they go to something to deal with to it. Deal with it, yeah. And um, I mean, some of the things that people go to are better than others. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, we we can bring in the topic of drugs and alcohol and stuff, but yeah. from an artistic standpoint, because I feel as though we're all coming from an artistic standpoint. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think it's important to talk. I think it's important to talk about the social media aspect of it too. Yeah, I feel like that's important. Um, but kind of like, what's your take, Taylor, on mental health with social media? I. How do you deal with that? I don't. 
That's I don't do <laughs> that, with there's it. There's one option. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's how. That's why I started doing the Instagram thing. I guess yeah. in a way. Um, I first saw Twenty One Pilots in 2014 on their Quiet as Violent tour in Iowa, and then. I, I get that reference of the tour name. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. One of the few songs I actually know by them. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that was a good, that was a good show. But um, that was like how I first heard of them too. I had no idea who they were, but I just um, handed out flyers for them because mm-hmm. I was part of the Field by Ramen Street team. I'm like nice. I'll go to this concert. Nice. I'm like, oh my god, my life. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, heart, be still, my beating heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's just like it is an artistic community. Yeah. Um, most of it. And people were talking about using art. I'm like, that would be cool to try. So, like, at first it was cool, like, just posting artwork and getting, like, feedback from people. But now it's, like, it's hard. A lot of it is harassment. Because there's almost an expectation to, yeah. to maintain a certain, like, oh, content yeah. There's level. always, like, I always feel pressured yeah. to post things. Like, and I don't do, know. Do you almost feel like you... um you receive the same kind of pressure that the, that the fans put on the band, um, just like almost as like an extension because you're doing art that is related to the band. Do you almost feel like the fans feel like you need to be as prolific as them? Oh, I, I feel like yeah. that's accurate. And I don't even know if it's like like the the pressure that we're feeling, like like when the band first started releasing like the first single of Trench. I don't think it was like pressure that we're feeling because the fans are like why isn't taylor posting something why isn't whalen media posting something i think it was like in our own heads oh yeah it was something like oh i'm letting these people down like they followed me for a reason and i'm letting these people down because i'm not on on my game and i'm not following them as closely as i should be yeah i would i would agree with that and like I feel like most of my followers are coming just for the band, which is a totally different issue. Oh yeah. For me, I feel like people don't actually like my work and they're just there. They're there because for the music. Yeah. And we might have insider information, which I don't. <laughs> Neither of us have insider information. Uh, I was going to actually touch on that for sure. Um just because I am the outside source on this, so understand when i say this i can say this with full certainty these people have no clue what is happening with 21 pilots please stop thinking that they do because honestly like i've seen some of the harassment that you guys get firsthand through him like it's it's absolutely insane how like when we started doing this we are click artists thing this past year people were like no this is a new album this isn't this isn't anything that he's doing right like no. this isn't a project of his no this is a new album and like I saw people get pissed when like oh, yeah. May rolled around the project was done we put out the sound score and everybody's like this wasn't a 21 pilots oh, album. And it's like, of course not. We didn't say that at any right. point. You straight a, up said it was not. That's a topic that I like, don't talk about because of got, how bad it was. And then it got worse a month later when trench started coming. Oh, out, it, everybody's right. like, Oh, it was a thing. I know. But it like that whole thing when we first started coming out with the, we are click artist thing. It was like January year, clear out the Instagram, start over, start promo on this stuff. And it was fine, but like I don't I don't talk about that anymore. I I was getting death threats like in my, in my yeah. DM box. Yeah, I showed Taylor like this is I was like this is I don't know if I should be 
doing this project. I mean, like, I, it's not for me. It's for everybody else. But like, I, don't I mean, know, I don't I knew, know if I can do this. I knew it was rough on you at certain points. Cause I mean, I, I saw the comments and the comments, like I said, like uh, I joked about this when we were talking the other day, like basically the click artist wave has sort of splashed up onto my shore a little bit. So I've gotten a little bit, a bit of that over, over hand, but like, yeah. I didn't realize it was that serious. It no, was, I, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, Taylor that's, saw that's it. insane. It was, that's, it was pretty heavy. And I, I kind of had to ask myself, like, am I, are my shoulders broad enough to kind of carry this? Mm -hmm. Because I knew that the end product, the shirt, the mini series, everything, I knew the end product would be a positive thing for the community, for the group altogether. But the road to get there was just, it was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. And I feel like that's with anything, anything worthwhile you have to deal with right. a pretty bumpy road. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. My question for you guys is, if you feel this negativity and this pressure from, from the community, why do you continue to talk so highly of it? What, what, is, what is it that keeps you anchored to it? And have you considered trying to sort of remove yourself from the click artist community? Like stop doing as much art about the band because you want to separate yourself. Cause it's from, from my perspective, if I was in your shoes, it would be somewhat tough for me to continue to associate with this section of a fan base. If it was more hostile than it was good. Cause I agree with you. Your, your end result on, on we are click artists was fantastic. It brought the community together a little bit. It raised some money for some good causes and stuff like that. But, and I know that I've mentioned this to you in other ways, but like, what is it that makes you want to keep doing it for this community as opposed to jumping to a different community and doing the same thing for them? Like, what is it about being a click artist that's, that's drawn to you? Or have you considered stepping away from being a click artist? I think I'll let Taylor answer that first. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I would even consider myself a click artist. Okay. Like, I feel like when I think of that, I just think of people that like, draw Tyler and Josh or like it's very very visually obviously 21 pilots right like I I just enjoy taking some of some of the lyrics and like creating art that's like you can take any other way that has nothing to do with the band at all right and I feel like people have already established us as like kind of part of them yeah and there's you can't come back from that no matter what like the most recent posts I've made like have not even been (laughs) about the band at all but people are taking it like that because that's how they associate us right so i just i don't feel like and it's really can, tough yeah, yeah. And like i don't want to be associated even with, with that. design stuff like it's with design more so than like live concert photography obviously if it's not tyler joseph it's not tyler joseph and you know that it's not a click art uh project that i was doing but with design, it's sometimes it's up to interpretation. Yes. And I feel like that's Taylor's style as well, or at least that's how I interpret it. It's very up oh, for interpretation. I can and, imagine a lot of your stuff is. Yeah. Like, so when it's not yeah. in reference to 21 Pilots and you're basing, like the inspiration for it is was pulled from somewhere else, people just immediately jump on it because there is some interpretation that's open and they kind of just fill that hole with. Yeah. Yeah. So... so and and I, I I totally get that. So my my response to that would be, um, people can interpret 
whatever they want from from art. That's the beautiful thing about art. So my question then is, um, it, it, you've already sort of answered this question, Taylor, but Chris, would you remove the label of click artist from you if you could? If I could, I, I don't think I would. I think it's, um, I think it's kind of a tough question because in I know a, I like asking tough questions. <laughs> yeah, you really ask the tough questions. In a different world, I guess it's not really a different world, but if the word click artist meant something different, if it was something that I could like tack on to my uh, creative resume and say, this is part of what I do. This is a, a big thing that I'm passionate about and I create based on those things. Then I'd say, yeah, like I definitely would want to include that. But like Taylor said, by labeling yourself as such, people assume that it is the entirety of what you do. And it can really murk the waters of like your other projects. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I've definitely gotten hate for pub, like posting something that clearly is not related yeah. to them at all. And I feel like I got a lot of hate for that at Artopia and stuff. Like people never came up to me yeah. and said bad things, which like we talked about previously. I'm yeah. like, wow, you guys all seem very happy. <laughs> um, but they're like, well, she does other things. Like, why is she here? Yeah. I'm like, well, I feel like you have to separate yourself from the band because then you're yeah. not going to, you can't be your own person. And that's, all. and that's another thing that Adam, you were asking about, you said, is were you ever thinking of like getting out of it? And I, that ties in with the whole thing about when you post something and Taylor receives hate for it, or she gets a DM that's like, why are you posting this and not the new song? Not, <laughs> not something about the new song. It's hard to get out of it because the following that you've cultivated is so specific in what they want to see from you. And you have to continuously tell yourself you're doing this for you. You're designing this from what you wanted to design, not for the appeasement of the crowd that you've cultivated. And that's tough because you spent years on it. You spent years trying to get a following for what you make. And it's they're so hard to get that. out. Yeah, they're not there for that. So it's really hard to get out of when you have people that like you post something that's not in that realm and they're upset with you and it's hard to deal with people that are upset with you. So I, I don't disagree with any of that. I think you are both absolutely correct on everything that you're feeling. Um, my perspective on, on the matter. And I think this is a difference when it comes down to you both being graphic designers and me being a musician. I expect that because every single time somebody puts out a new album, half the fan base is going to hate it. Like yeah. unless because oh, yeah. uh, either either you're copying your last album and the band that wants you to or the side that wants you to move forward is going to be pissed or you move forward and the band that want or the part that wanted you to stay the same is going to be pissed. So I sort of expect that. And I feel like that's kind of the reason why I'm approaching this question the way I am is because my sort of my, I guess the if I had to over art, I, I had to remove the click artist portion of it and I just had to ask the question up front is would you be willing to cut your fan base in half in order to move forward and then grow a bigger fan base in, in response? I mean, would you be willing to do that? Yes, I would be because my understanding is if it creatively fulfills me, yeah. 
then yes. My, because the thing that the thing that I'm thinking about, and this you can correct me if I'm wrong, because this is just an outside perspective. Instagram isn't a major source of income for either one of you. You're not throwing advertisements up there. You're not. Um, you may be promoting something. I don't know, but you're not really like. You're, you may be putting money into it, but you're not really receiving money back from it. No, I don't think, I don't think. No, I have no, not so, at all. <laughs> so when, so when it comes down to it, cutting your fan base in half on there, is it really going to be a bad thing if the half that sticks around are the half that are interested in your regular art pieces who are buying your photos when you post them up on your store, stuff like that? Yeah. That's my question. That's sort of going back to the whole super fans type of, I- yeah. type of idea where it's like, you kind of have to say screw it to the people who are just like on there riding for like what an album or two. Like yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure 21 pilots has dealt with the same exact thing where people oh, for sure. uh, uh, like they put out a new album and everybody's like, what is this freaking garbage? Oh yeah. So it's just like, I feel like maybe that's a way that you should try and look at it or at least consider thinking about it in that way is just like, yes, it would be a drastic shift and yes, people will hate me for it, but I don't well, think that those death threats are truly meaningful. I don't think anybody's no, going to kill agree you. With that, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> At least I, I mean, hope I not. Hope not. I hope not. Yeah. And if you are, and also if you are thinking about doing that, please seek mental help. There are plenty of counselors <laughs> around, and you absolutely need to do it. It's there are plenty of free consultations. Please, yeah. I will post links. Just yeah. help, help yourself, help us. <laughs> yeah. yes. Help me to help you, and not kill me. Um, but uh, no, I mean, like you said, it, I don't think it's something so cut and dry because I feel like, I mean, Taylor can correct me if it's not really applicable to her, but I feel as though we still enjoy making stuff that's inspired by the band and inspired by the music, but not entirely. Right. So when we, I mean, I at least have stepped away pretty heavily from creating a lot of like click art stuff. Right. I mean, that we are click artists thing took a good chunk of my time to, to make that come to fruition. But Everything else that I've I've been putting out probably over the past six months has not been very heavily twenty one pilots or even like design wise. It's it's been a lot of like other other projects, other film, other photo stuff. And when I do feel up to making like something that's considered to be click art, I mean people go crazy over it and it's like that's that's cool, but don't expect that to continue always. I mean, it's it's really cool that I get that response from that. And I don't know if Taylor deals with the same type of, like, dynamic range. It's, it's pretty great to see the difference. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Oh, I, I can imagine because I've sort of seen it myself. Like, like I said, with that wave splashing up on my account, like, the posts that were We Are Click Artists related, like, stories that I posted on it would have over 100 views on it. Um, posts that I had would easily get over 100 likes while my typical range is, like, 15 to 20 likes and like maybe 30 to 40 people watching my story. So like it's definitely a giant tick up. And the thing I want to say in response to what you were saying is I, I think you and I are saying the same thing. I just didn't realize that that was already something in your head. Basically what I was trying to get in your head is don't be afraid to post other things and sort of just have, have that be there because I feel like that's always going to happen. I feel like you're always always going to have people pissed off that you're not a click artist for, for the most uh, part at the very beginning. I feel like that's always going to happen from this point forward, but I think what you should try and keep in mind is that's going to start dwindling. Like you said, you've been doing it for like six months 
over by by a year, if you look at the amount of people that were talking back against it then versus now, I'm sure it's a big difference, and I'm sure oh, yeah. it's going to continue to swing that way. That's more what I was saying. Yeah. So, I I, yeah, I appreciate I totally you clarifying because that actually you took what I was thinking and verbalized it a lot better than yeah. I did. No, yeah, I think uh, I think we're both on the same page. Here, yeah. But, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's <sighs> interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember how we got onto this tangent. Um, I think we were Me just either. talking about social media, mental health, right? That sort of thing. That's and kind right. Of coping with it. Cause and I think if we just, I mean, if we shifted onto like hate because that's a big thing. Yeah. Okay. Hate on social media is a big thing, especially when you've got, um, your own issues with trying to post other things. And that's something that we cope with. I mean, I feel like no matter how many followers you have on something, you always have to cope with that. Yeah. Like uh, even th- when yeah. you're posting your own work, that is. I think I think social media is inherently lonely. Like, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a pretty... Uh, pe- people will find out over the course of this podcast, and um, Chris, you know this. You don't know this yet, Taylor, but I'm a really big tech nerd, and I really, really enjoy tech. And so I, I try to be, like, pretty forward-thinking about this stuff, but I... Over the past few months, I've definitely, I mean, I myself have stopped using Twitter. I deleted the app off my phone. I completely deleted my Facebook just because I was like, this is, this is ridiculous because I was going on there and feeling just inherent loneliness. I was watching my friends post things and like be doing all these uh, amazing things that I knew weren't really amazing. And I was feeling like they were leaving me out and I was getting this mentality. Yeah. And I I, I was like, people aren't inviting me to places and stuff. Oh yeah. The fear of missing out is a big, big thing. But I think, but I think that's kind of somewhat what fuels the hate that comes on social media is like, you see the hate and the people who are hating that the people that are hating a celebrity for having this extravagant life or even on the smaller scale, like hating on you guys for not, not doing like click art. I think it's just because people were finding joy in the click art that you were making. And now they aren't, they aren't feeling that kind of joy because you aren't connecting to them on the same way. It's like, it's the same thing. If you like watch a TV show for a long time and a character starts to change their personality and you get really upset, you're, you're getting upset because the person's changing because the people are changing, but you're not. Or the idea that we've like moved on or like grown up and out of their, their age bracket, which is not the case. And they're no longer, and they no longer feel connected and they, it's that feeling of loneliness. So they feel like they need to call you out because I, I feel like, there's people out there and I don't know where this stems from, but I feel like there's this thought process out there that when, that you can, you can get nasty with somebody and gain their attention and that'll get rid of the loneliness. And I feel like that's the polar opposite of that, mm. which is why I stepped away from social media. Cause I was going mm. on there and I was like, I was getting nasty with people over stuff or like I was seeing them posting nasty things and I'm like, I'm just going to call you. Like, how about that? I'm like, how about I just call you? Let's just work this out. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's crazy to me how, how like vicious people get. No, they do. On there. They do. It's crazy. It's, it's it's hard to deal with. I mean, it gets to a point where, I mean, I know Taylor does this too, and I've done it once in a while, but we kind of just take a break. Mm -hmm. We just like kind of deactivate and like take a break for a while. Yeah. You almost have to. Yeah. I mean, I've deactivated (laughs) 
<laughs> on Instagram a couple times. Many a time. Many a times. And people, I mean, I don't know. I know I've told you about this a couple times, but like Taylor deactivates when, I don't know, like when when do you deactivate your Instagram? Oh, you have like things that How do you, how do you feel? It. Yeah, like what triggers that for you? Um, That's a good question. It just gets yeah. super overwhelming and then I get in my head and then I just spiral down and I'm like, I can't do that. Uh, so I just like, I need to take it away. But it's like, why not forever is also the question. Yeah. Like, why not just delete it? But like, I don't know. I still enjoy posting things and I know it helps at least one person. So I'm like, then I guess right. it's worth it. And there's a few people that actually like, they they find a lot of uh, comfort, uh, solid, maybe even motivation. It's mm-hmm. like, mo- it's, it's uh, um, hope for them to see that somebody else who started from pretty much nothing is at a certain level that they aspire to be at. Yeah. And that's, I mean, for me, that's enough to like keep Going. my Instagram on. I agree. Um, I, I'm interested to see how you both react to me saying this because, um, how it, dare you? <laughs> it sounds to me like you have a, a different, a, a slightly different viewpoint because of the size. But I think that Instagram is inherently the friendliest, the friendliest, uh, social media. I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I was curious because I've said that to some people who are like at my level of like followers and stuff. And they're like, no, what are you talking about? And then they say something crazy like Twitter is. And I'm like, have no. you been on Twitter? Have you ever seen Twitter? No. Twitter is like the worst place ever. Oh, oh yeah. But, but, um, but yeah. So like it's, I, that's the reason why I kept my Instagram around because for me, I like going on there and I like seeing the, po- the pictures people post and I try and ignore comments cause comments are horrible and I hate that direct messages on Instagram are a thing, but I love going on there and seeing the things that people post. So that's why I kept my Instagram around. But it's funny that you had that, that you say you have those thoughts of like, what if I just deleted this permanently? Cause that was exactly what made me do the thing with Facebook. Like that was exactly yeah. why I did that. Yeah. Cause I was like, how difficult is it to just delete my Facebook? And so I figured it out and they give you 14 days to rescind the idea, which got on Facebook. Cause that's a long time. For yeah, you they're to, like, like, let's give them two weeks <laughs> yeah. to sleep on. Yeah. This let, because, let's uh, think about this. They'll come crawling back. <laughs> yeah. But after that 14 days, I was like, I was, it was my last day. And like, they send you an email. Are you sure you want to delete your Facebook? And I'm like sitting there reading this email and I'm like, I haven't even thought about going on Facebook. I don't even care. Like there was literally one life event that happened that I found out like from other people that I would have found out through Facebook, but it's literally because the person that it was happening to is down in Memphis, Tennessee. So like, and like they're not an Instagram poster, but I also have their number. So I immediately texted them and was like, Hey, I just found out what happened basically. So it's like, there are ways of doing it without Facebook. And that was the moment where I was like, I don't need to go on there because I was going on there. And the thing that triggered it for me was I know that I need to like take a a step back when I'm going on there and scrolling and reading the same thing that I read five minutes ago. Yeah. And nothing's changed. For some reason, I'm just scrolling. And Mm. I noticed myself do that many, many times over like the course of a day. And I'm like, I got to get off this. This is bad. This is really, really bad. I I agree with that. My excuse is usually like, birthdays Mm. like i am so bad with dates i am so bad it's 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 to the point where they're like you're you just don't care and i'm like no i i care i just i can't 
remember the date. I, I just don't get it. So birthdays for me are impossible. Here's a tip. Don't wish people happy birthday. Well, that's <laughs> what I was going to follow up with. The people that they go, oh, it's their birthday today. The majority, 97% of the time I go, huh, I haven't talked to him in like six years. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, exactly. then I, and then I get off Facebook. Like and I, nothing ever happens. Like I sit there and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, okay, birthdays that are important to yeah. me. My family. Right. I have like four friends that I actually care about. My girlfriend. Okay, I can remember all those. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's if, it. If you, if you yeah. can get those, it's like... That's I, all you need, really. Right, yeah. And, and also the other thing with the whole Facebook-like birthdays thing, too. This was another little fun experiment that I did, because I deleted my Facebook the day after my uh, birthday this year. I wanted to see how many people wished me a happy birthday, and I got quite a few. And a bunch of the people I hadn't spoken to in, like a long time and some of the people I was even fighting with the last time I spoke with but they still sent me a happy birthday and I'm like okay people just do this without having the emotion behind it and then the other side of it too was I'm like I literally don't even see all the people who said happy birthday to me because Facebook conglomerates it now they send you a notification that says x amount of people have wished you a happy birthday and then when you click yeah and when you click on it you just go to your wall or your newsfeed or whatever the hell they call it nowadays and it literally just says 72 people posted on your wall and then you can just scroll through and see everybody saying happy birthday with three exclamation points because that's the default thing that so you really have oh yeah because oh they give you a default message number one then they make you dig to see who actually gave it because they already know Mm -hmm. the only the majority of people only care about the number yep they go 120 people exactly I can log off of Facebook now. I don't need to respond to any of these people. So so what I realized was, I realized this two years ago. I was wishing people happy birthdays, and I stopped doing it because I missed a couple people who were relatively close to me. And I said, hey, man, I'm sorry I didn't like post on your wall, and I didn't even realize you didn't. <laughs> when, that, when that happened, I was like... Because it doesn't matter. I'm like, oh, okay, so unless I'm texting the person happy birthday, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah, so exactly. I just I stopped caring yeah. about that because I'm like, yeah, oh well. And Taylor has fresh eyes. Was, this was yesterday. So how yeah. was uh, how was your Facebook experience on your birthday? I have um, oh, I went on Facebook this morning. Okay, and I replied to everyone because I feel like doing that. That's fair because it care. makes me. I want them to because you're important. a genuine person. Like that, yeah, on I was my YouTube say that, video, that, I commented. For you. I replied to everyone. Yeah. Good for you. Um, because I feel like that might make someone feel better. But I uh, Facebook, I don't do that i yeah i agree with you so i yeah i don't know why i have it still i guess um it's good yeah i think the 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 kicker of it all for me though was um facebook being so um so user hostile against like bands and stuff like that when it comes to their pages i know you and i have talked about this but for sure i i don't know if you experience this at all taylor but um i would post something and I had like 135 people following me on, on that page. And it would say 10 of them saw it. The post reached 10 people. If I promoted hmm. it, it would reach my entire audience. But I would have oh, to pay. Yeah. I'd have to pay. Yeah. So when that started happening, I'm like, I am literally getting no return on investment here. So I just, oh, no. I just stopped posting there. And then the day that I deleted my Facebook, I posted this long thing basically being like, 
I'm deleting my Facebook. If you need to find me, you can find me over at Instagram. Like I post all the links and everything. I have recently gone on through like my mom's Facebook account. I've gone on to see what, what the response on that page was. One person liked it and it was my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That sums it up right there. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I had was like processes because I think we're all coming from different ends of a creative spectrum here. Yeah. And I feel like the process that we go through to have an end product is very different. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that we should focus on you first, Taylor, just because with you and I, Chris, we can sort of flesh that out even more in even more detail as like the podcast goes on. Oh yeah. Since this is our, opportunity with you yeah. not saying that you're never coming back on but oh, yeah. um, that vibe. we'll have you every weekend you'll fly out fly we'll out fly again. you out yeah for sure what a budget on a plane <laughs> as long as my arms are okay that was my second dad joke that's all i'm gonna get it wasn't you, funny try and squeeze in a third one before okay we'll the get a third this. one in there it'll be okay third time's the charm i can do it <laughs> my process <laughs> taylor's taylor's artistic process um I don't know. My I'm very minimal. Yeah. <laughs> Lines and shapes. Um, black and white. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's really hard being creative and doing personal projects. Um, having a full time job as a graphic designer because you come home exhausted. Um, so like my personal work obviously is a lot different than what I can do at work um, for actual clients. But for my minimal stuff, like. I like taking just like a few words and then fleshing that out into a design so people can interpret it the way they want to. But I usually just go into Photoshop, sketch something really quick, make it an illustrator so it's clean. Adobe. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Yeah, Adobe. So um, let's dig into that then a little bit though. Um, So you mentioned that, you mentioned a couple times now that you have a day job where you do graphic design. Yes. that's normal 40 hours a week type of deal, Monday through Friday? Yeah. Or more? Just gotta okay. get the job done. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so when it comes down to it, you also mentioned that you uh, you will typically take a couple words and then transition that into an art piece. So is it typically like the words that come to you first? Like I know you mentioned lyrics before. Um, is it typically the words that come first or you come up with an idea sometimes and then translate it? Like what's the story there? Good question. Um, most of it's just lyrics. Like, what is my most recent one? So I can have it. Oh. So, like, the lyric was wooden wedges under doorways. Was it? That was it. So, obviously, this one's very simple to that. But um, It's a rectangle it with a, a doorstop wedge cut out of the bottom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Super minimal. Very and yet, minimal. Very, very effective. So, like, yeah. Link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, for, so that was it. And then I made that and always apply texture. In Photoshop, always apply texture. <laughs> that's not a that's not a general rule. That's a Taylor. Oh no, that rule. is a Taylor rule. <laughs> that's a Taylor my rule. Yeah, that's my bad. Or like, I have one with a skull on fire, and like just seeing the music video for Levitate. Yeah. One of the videos by Antonio Paz. Then I'm like, that's cool, and then just putting that together. So for for you, it's definitely um it's a de- it's definitely like a whatever inspires you type of deal. It's not yeah. like one specific thing inspires you. It's just kind of um branching out branching from there. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, um I 
I've noticed from like just seeing a lot of your work and you even saying it yourself, it's very minimalistic and everything. Was that a choice that you made or was that just from you drawing in a bunch of different styles? You found that that's the thing you find is most expressive for yourself or what's the story there? I feel like I definitely started out not minimal (laughs) at all. And I have archived (laughs) all of those. Um, But yeah, I think it was just developing a style because I started doing like graphic design when I started posting. Like it was just a learning process for me. Gotcha. Like finding out what I was good at and like trying to develop that is how I landed to where I am now, I think. Interesting. Interesting. Which is impressive, by the way, that you archived all of your previous yeah, work. Yeah, bravo to you. Because I just created a new page for College Try because I wasn't going to uh, archive all that stuff. If I take a look, this is it's pathetic. It's pathetic. I have almost 2,000 posts. Oh, I had like 100. Well, I mean, if I dig back, there's no way for me to do this. People dig back sometimes. Well, the, the only reason why I specifically have the, like my own personal page is still like a business page and everything like that. The only reason why I made my Adam Wakefield Instagram is because I wanted to, I wanted to get back to simplicity and just have like nothing yeah. posted on so there. Nice. And I was looking through and I'm like, this is going to take me forever to archive all this stuff. So I was like, I was like, I guess I'm just creating a new Instagram. Oh, well. (laughs) I'm just waiting for the day they come up with like an option to do that on a desktop and be like, you can now archive. Oh, that would be very nice. Batch archive. I'm like, oh my, I would be so happy. You know, I, I want Instagram on the web so badly, like to be so much better, but you know what I want more than anything I wanted them to make an iPad app. Why is well, there they not? They still have an, not done that. I know. They even if it's it. even if it's they just like a it. business analytics app, just let me yeah. look at how many people are seeing my stuff on yeah. my iPad. Don't make me find my phone. Because a great example of a time that I need it, I was when I woke up this morning. I accidentally left my phone in my car last night. It happens. I'm really clumsy with my phone. I don't know why. I just forget it places. But um, I wanted to just check. Um, a post that I made last night on Instagram. I just wanted to see how many people had looked at it. I had to go through the Instagram webpage, but the Instagram webpage tells me, no, you should go to the iTunes app store and download the yeah, app. Yeah. You know, the iPhone size app. Yeah, yeah. It displays it the size of an iPhone on yeah. the screen. On, oh. on my giant iPad. Yeah, it's abs- <laughs> it really is absurd. I just don't get it, but that's Instagram for you. But uh, yeah, I, I would agree with Taylor though. You're, I feel like your style has evolved quite a bit since when we first started, and even still, it's kind of like it ranges between like those minimal line work designs to more of like a really fleshed out like photoshopped image. I mean, it maintains that yeah. minimalism and the simplicity, but I think the end product has a pretty wide range. What I was, what I was going to say is, so you mentioned that you were doing this, like you guys met like four years ago at this point. So you were, so you were 17, 18 at that time. Um, so how long, how long ago did you start graphic design and how long did it take you to transition to that minimalistic style that you have? I started graphic design when I was in high school. I had like a local community college, like did this thing where you could take a semester of college classes for half the day hmm. in high school for free. So I said, yes. Uh, <laughs> if I could leave high school for half of the day and, and go to college, go to for college. Free? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, so I did that and that's like, Oh, I actually kind of like this stuff. 
Like I had no idea if I would like it. I just wanted out of school. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So that's like a semester. So you didn't do any graphic design before then? No. Huh. Did you have any clue besides the word Adobe Photoshop? Did you have any idea about any of that stuff? No. Interesting. That's really, really cool. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did take a graphic design class um, my sophomore year where we used Microsoft Word. And that's that's an actual thing Yeah. <laughs> to do graphic design and layout stuff. I really learned a lot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's crazy to me. That's I think absolutely nuts. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the kids that do design in high school, they end up not designing past that. Or maybe like they attempt to continue on that career in college, but then they just lose interest in it. Oh, yeah. I would love to go back and actually like develop a course to teach kids, but I'm also very introverted and I would not not enjoy that. Yeah. That's the exact reason why one day I want to go back to school and get a PhD. The only reason why I want to is because I want to become a college professor because I would love to teach a course um, or teach people, but I, I couldn't teach high school or, or lower. Oh, no. I need, no. I need people who actually give a shit about the thing that I'm teaching. Oh, yeah. So, That's true. But like, but I, I, I definitely agree with you. But what I will say is don't feel like you need to go back and learn that stuff because the only other way you were going to learn it is to, by going to school for it, and that's a waste of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Most of the stuff I've learned is self-taught. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same like, for me. Yeah. I just went to community college, and their, their way is just teaching you how to use the programs, mm-hmm. not like actually design principles and stuff. I yeah. fully understand that because I went to a community college to get Pro Tools certified, so very similar concept. I know how to use Pro Tools. I have not recorded in Pro Tools since 2013. <laughs> and yeah. I, I only use Logic Pro, and that class was entirely about becoming certified in Pro Tools. Everything that I... I, I the, the only thing that was really beneficial about that is one of the teachers that I had. He works at a studio here in Buffalo, so I, I got to know him through oh, that. That's I, yeah. literally it. One of my teachers is now my boss. Yeah, so okay, okay. Was, that's how that happened. So that answered yeah. the next question of how did you end up getting that job? Then? Oh, if- yeah. It was, it was through my teacher. Very was, interesting. I did not have a great college experience. Um, I apologize. No, no one does. No. <laughs> it's good. Uh, but yeah, she was there for me uh, through a lot of it. So it was nice to just nice. make that connection. Yeah, definitely. And now I have a full-time job. That's... I, yes. Thank you. I, <laughs> I don't sound so excited about it. It's pretty, it's pretty okay. It's exhausting. I enjoy it. I I mean, just from like what you've told me, Chris, like from how you've been worked, I can imagine it's probably very similar across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Designers are not, um, they're not held high in in the business community. Which blows my mind because it's like, you guys understand that every single thing you look at on a daily basis was because of some designer somewhere, right? Like, I mean, that, that's, that's one of my things. Um, here's one of the moments you're going to see the tech side of me come out, and specifically the Apple fanboy side of things. That's why like, I have a little bit of trouble when people specifically say that like Steve Jobs was the reason why Apple was the way it was until he died, and why they're not that way anymore. I have a very hard time, uh, I have a very hard time agreeing with that, because the software designers, the software engineers, are very similar to who they were back in the Steve Jobs era, and the person who heads up design there, Johnny Ive, has been there since 1998, and is the original inventor of the iMac design. So like you can't say that Apple has lost its design idea because one person died when the person who's in charge of all that stuff is still running the show. Yeah, exactly. Just saying anyways, (laughs) 
<sighs> uh, what was the original question? Um, oh, how did I get to where I was? Yeah, yeah, school. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think at first it was just looking at other designers and pretty much not copying them, but using their same techniques and stuff. And I'm like, that's not me. Like, this doesn't yeah. feel right. Like, sure, it looks okay. Yeah. But it doesn't feel natural. Right. To make it. So then, I don't know, just like learning how to use the programs and experimenting and yeah. figuring out what works best. And I want to make a quick side note here really quick about copying style. Oh, yes. Let's do it. I'm going to make a quick side note because this is, it's important to talk about. It's a, I feel like it's a gray area that not a lot of people know how to talk about. Um, it's not okay to just kind of rip off another person's style um, and then just not really, you know, pay ode to it right. at all. Like this was inspired by Wayland Media. Yeah, or like style, you know, I, I tried this style out similar to Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. When, when you When you say something like that, it's like, oh, this was a really neat artistic experiment and uh, exercise that they did. And it was based on her style. It's like, that, that's a great idea. But when they post something and they just say, yeah, this is my original idea. And sometimes it's, it's even past, it's past the point of style. It's past the point of copying style. It's now cutting into concept and they even steal the concept. And the, I mean, they'll, they'll redesign something almost looking exactly the same and claim it as their own. And that's just not okay. It's like just because you rip it off and maybe threw a filter on it doesn't mean it's yours. Oh, those filters. Those yeah, filters change all those everything, Instagram man. Filters. Dude. And it's it's not okay. I mean <laughs> it's it's I know Taylor deals with it a lot. I've dealt with some of it. I can imagine you deal with it a lot because yours your style is very much your own. So I can imagine like I can imagine people seeing it and going, wow, I've never really seen anything like that and immediately trying to copy that. I can very much see that. Yeah, it's happened a few times. There have been there have been times where I've scrolled through Facebook and an ad has popped up. I'm like, that is my design on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and people like sell them on Redbubble yeah. and like all of these things. Yeah. Or like tracing, You could. I found one that was like, you literally traced over my artwork. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to call you out on that. Yeah. And that was a big thing, like maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. There were like these overseas companies stealing our designs like off of Instagram or Tumblr, it might have been. And they were slapping them on T-shirts and selling them for a profit. Yeah. And, and the thing was, like, I don't, we wouldn't have cared. But like when I saw a kid at a show with a shirt that had my design on it, I wasn't selling shirts. <laughs> I was like what is going on? I'm like, did this kid make it? And uh, when I got to that point, I was just like, this is, this is terrible. Yeah. A lot of people are profiting off of the passion projects that we work on, which was not okay. Yeah. And even some of like the kids that do it, just like the younger kids. I mean, it's cool that they experiment and they look up to you and they're like, I want my thing to look like this thing. Like, that's cool. But I don't know. Yeah, it's a gray area. I apologize. You caught me yawning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, no, it's, I don't, I don't know how much of a gray area it is. I think it's 
pretty cut and dry when it comes down to it. Um, just because, like, I think that the way you guys have, have put this has been very clear and decisive, and so it's not, it can't really be, like, taken out of context when you say it that way. Copying someone is wrong. It just flat out is wrong to copy someone. And inspiration is one thing. I mean, every single art piece on the planet nowadays is inspired by something else. It's physically impossible to create something without being inspired by something else. But you need to clearly state that, or you need to clearly state that this is an experimental thing. Even, even if it's just that you can't say, this is mine. This is something I developed. I'm ready to go with it. You need to say, this is something I'm playing around with. This is something that I'm starting out with. I'm trying to do, even if they don't specifically say, because, um, I got this idea from Wayland media. I got this idea from Taylor. I didn't, I, even if they don't say that they need to say, this is something I'm trying out because it, it implies automatically that there was something else that made them think of that. Like, like a great example, is when I sent you that one Yelp song um, that was like entirely different. It's more, it was yeah. more like glitchy, like lo-fi right. stuff. I'm not going to sit there and say, dude, I think I created a brand new genre. Right. <laughs> dude, you should check this out. I, I This is going to blow your mind. Right, right. No, I literally was like, I've been listening to the 24-7 uh, like lo-fi glitch yeah. hop stations on YouTube nonstop. Yeah. This is all that's in my head right now. I'm going to try and do this. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly how it came about. Exactly. And like, I think so. That's why I feel like it's not a gray area. It's definitely you either say this is something, this is where it came from, yeah. or you don't do it. Yeah. It's just, and it's I, just that I simple. Mean, I, I wish it, I wish it were that simple. I mean, it, for yeah. us, for us no, sitting I, here, I feel like it's an easy solution. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, I feel like it's harder for you guys than it is for me because like almost on a yearly basis, there's some sort of story about how XYZ musician copied this oh, other yeah. person. And sampling is a big issue. Sampling is a big issue. But the other thing too, is I feel like we get a little bit of a pass because it's like, if I write a song that sounds similar to your song, I can just argue that it's in the same genre. Yeah. And I can say that we just were writing on a similar like key or something like that. If you guys draw something that is know. identical to the other person, you can't say, Oh, I, uh, I'm a, I'm an X, Y, Z type of artist, especially nowadays. Like I'm, I'm sure like painters and stuff could say that like, Oh, I'm a Baroque artist. So of course my art is going to look like this person. But when it comes to something that's your own, like, like the minimalistic art that you do, or like, like for you, Chris, there's like, I know that I've said this to you, but there's like a specific like color palette that the second I see it, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is Chris's photo. Absolutely. And I feel like if somebody were, somebody were to copy one of those two things, that's just a ripoff. That isn't, that isn't, that isn't you tagging on to a specific genre of art. No, that is you taking someone's artistic style and Uh, copying it and calling it your own. I think there's two different sides to the spectrum there too, where it's like, illustrators yeah it would be really hard to like say argue that one thing is different from another when you just straight up copy like a a full-out illustration but when you come from a minimal design end of things and all of this thought is really going into how can i get this shape and this symbol to be exactly like this for these five reasons and conceptually be concise when all of that thought is going into it the end product, I mean, yeah, it, it sometimes it looks really simple. Sometimes, it, like like that doorway with the wedge, yeah. like that was simple, but conceptually, a lot went into that. Exactly. Yeah. And 
it's easy to copy that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so easy to copy that. But people don't understand, maybe. They don't understand the process that goes into it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just for aesthetics and not actually the meaning behind some things. Yeah. I think mm. another I think another part of it is people want to um want to build themselves up bigger. Like this is the cynical side of my brain, but I think it really comes down to like we can try and sit there and say like oh this person doesn't know, this person yeah. doesn't think about the concept. No, I think that they probably do think about the concept. They probably go that's an incredible concept. I can do it better. Oh yeah. That's that's the thought process. I genuinely believe that they go uh, that yeah, I could do that better. Yeah. And then they go and do the exact same thing mm. and they get bigger praise for it cuz they have a slightly larger audience. Right. And that's wrong. That's really really wrong. There was I know I I'm not going to say their username. Okay. We can cut this out. Yeah. Uh you did a piece mm-hmm. and then someone else did a piece that was very similar. Mm. And they tagged me cuz I don't know why. And then Rock Sound released posters for them, mm. and it looked exactly like their style. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, it's just all a cycle, and that can get very dangerous. It's, it can get very dangerous. Yeah, when you, when you put something out there in in good faith, and people kind of just take it and say, "This went over well. We're going to take this and just use that experience and their their work." And the fact that they put that out in a public space, we're going to use that as a test, and then we're going to use that to make a profit. I, I, it sounds to me the way you're describing it. It sounds to me like if the graphic design field is very similar to comedians in a lot of way. With when comedians <laughs> have to deal with like stealing people stealing oh, their yeah. jokes, because a person can tell a joke and it can be funny. Yeah. But they have no concept of the meaning behind it. But they don't care because yeah. they're just doing it. They're to getting you. the laughs. Exactly. Oh, I'm not laughing, Adam. I'm not laughing. None of this is a joke. <laughs> you just, hey, buddy, I just want to let you know, you just laughed. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to take my phone. <laughs> it was fun See talking ya. to you guys. Well, this has been great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think um, I was going to talk about, oh, the uh, you were talking about the color palette with like photography. Yeah. That's a whole different, like <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. Um, presets. Oh like, yeah. I know, you I know and I have you, talked about, I know that. you guys aren't like photographers, but like, I know Adam's messed around with like drone stuff and I know Taylor's messed around with like film and, and she has a DSLR and stuff. So you kind of, you know, your way around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Presets are a huge, huge thing right now. Um, Visco is like, I mean, they have hundreds and hundreds of presets, and it's a big thing. Yeah. Um, People sell them for hundreds of dollars. Oh, it's the thing that, it's funny because you and I had this discussion a couple months ago, and I feel like after that discussion... Since then, I I don't know if I've just started noticing them or if they there's been an uptick in them, but I've been getting nothing but ads about filters that I can buy and presets that I can buy yeah. for not just photo but video as well. Yeah. Like like oh buy this preset and you can get that orangey look that you get when like people are filming in California and it's yeah. an action film, or you can get that really blue look like yeah. you're filming in Ozark right now or right. something. It's like it's like or you can just learn color correction yeah. and tweak things a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it, what it boils down to is style and what you are attempting to like get done. 
Yeah. Because if you're if you're trying to copy Ozark and you're trying to make something that looks exactly like Ozark. By the way, great show. Go, yeah, it is a great <laughs> show. Um, go ahead. I mean, buy it. Use yeah. it. Use it. Good faith. Whatever. Go I, for you know, it. It doesn't matter. But I had a kid, um, and I, I don't remember what his name was, but he, he messaged me. Um, I was answering some questions on Instagram, and he asked me um, if I would ever consider selling Lightroom presets. Now, I've, I mean, I build my own Lightroom presets. I mean, I've experimented with them for, like, over a year now. Right. Just moving things around, color, tones, everything. I mean, everything is, is tweaked to perfection from what I think my style is, what I've built it into. Right. And I don't know, when he asked me that, I was kind of like, what What a good answer with this? Because I, I was thinking about it for a while. And like, I want, my immediate answer is no, but why? Like, I want to give, an, I wanna give a, an explanation as to why. And my explanation is you have to develop your own style. You have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you wanted to copy somebody else, that's great. That's like a fun project. That's like a side thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you you didn't really do much. Right. You just copied somebody else's thing. You right, slapped exactly. you slapped somebody else's hard work, finesse, and style onto a photo that you took. Right. And then that and then the argument that I've heard against that, because I've actually brought this up to people in the past, um, like since you and I have talked about it. Yeah. And the argument that I've heard is, well, I did the work taking the photo or taking the video. And it's like, yes, but that's only part of the process. I say it's 50, 50. Like, like that's like saying, Oh, I wrote, I wrote the song. You should just record it. Or you should just record this uh, for me. I'll buy, I'll buy you. You know what? I'll buy the exact mastering plugin that you, that you use. Just give me the presets for everything. Just make them presets, make presets for the compressor and stuff. And we'll record it ourselves. We're fine. It's and like, it's, it makes no sense. It's a 50-50 process. Right. I mean, you go out and take the photo, you don't walk home at the end of the day and you're like, oh, good, I'm done. There's it's like a, maybe back, way back when you were like, when you shot film, you were like, I shot the photo. And even then people were just like, oh yeah, that's, wow. that's just how it goes. I send it out and I get it developed at the, at the drive-through Kodak uh, place that just does instant film. But that's not even the case for professional photographers back then. They would push and pull developing. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that's all why these... Lightroom is a thing, because yeah. Lightroom is referring to a legitimate Lightroom. Exactly. They would, they would do all of these things so that the film turns out the way that they envisioned before even taking the photo. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. That's like what Lightroom is mimicking. It's like you had this idea, now use Lightroom as a tool to get that photo to where it needs to be. Right. And selling a preset basically just says that that person wants to get their work to where yours is without without putting any any effort into it. Absolutely. And um, completely agree. I just I just don't I don't support that. So basically I just told them, you know, I would recommend experimenting and exercising and, and working out with all the different elements of Lightroom and see what floats your boat and what doesn't. I think um, I think this comes back to a specific thing that has been happening to the music industry for a, a very long time, and I feel like happened to the photography industry before that, and is now happening to the film industry, and it's democratization, where basically 
things are getting cheaper and cheaper. So people are able to buy better and more powerful things at lower costs. So more consumers now have capable capabilities of buying mirrorless cameras and DSLRs. So they have these powerful cameras and they're able to take these really powerful pictures. The problem with that is it's removed the idea that you are one person. So back beforehand, like let's talk about a film because that's the current one that's going through the process and it kind of encompasses everything. It encompasses photography, video, and audio. So you look at the film industry and it used to be there was a director, there was producers, there was an editor or a team of editors, there was somebody shooting the camera on camera A, camera B, camera C. Now, nowadays, you still have that on the bigger budget things like the Marvel productions and stuff like that, but indie films... Somebody is a director, editor, and producer. Somebody is shooting and is also directing the film. The reason why you're doing both of those is because you've had to. Because as things get easier and easier to do on a cheaper level, then it you are required to do more. So what I think you're seeing a lot of the times in the people who want to buy those presets are the people who want to jump jump to the being that jack oh, yeah. of all trades oh, yeah. but want the easy way out and oh they just want to skip through everything to they so they can get to that point right because they only care about the one side right. of things they only care about taking the right. photos they only care about shooting the video yeah. they don't care about editing yeah. it together or anything like that so they want yeah. someone else to do that and that's trouble yeah it I mean, is it, it go it brings this full circle all the way back to industrializing creative work right Right. And, you know, the, the wedding vendors and the wedding photographers that send stuff out and they're like, um, I, had, I had somebody tell me once, and I think this is a common thing, they send photo work out yeah. to get edited. Yeah. What? Yeah. They go, oh, we, we have so many weddings, like we just send it out and this person edits it and they send it all back to us. And I was like... They get no credit, obviously. You, you took the entire artistry out of your job. It's it's now a job, but uh, Taylor Whipple at T G Whip with two P's with two P's two P's on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. Yes, um, tell us, uh, tell the people, and tell us what you're working on as of late. I have one project currently that I am working on with my partner in crime, Lauren Penna. Um, we all need allies, is what we're starting, which is. We're just gonna. It's kind of like to write love on our arms, but not okay. to that extent. And it's just kind of a clothing brand that we're gonna do that serves as a symbol for empowerment and alliance. And we're gonna down, um, donate all of the money to a rotating pool of organizations that are instrumental in caring for people. And this is a not for profit, then. Yeah, we're not taking any money. Wow. Um, but yeah, we have our core values of togetherness, unconditional empathy, authenticity, and humanity. And so we're just circling around and donating money and yeah. selling shirts. Cool. That's awesome. That's really so that awesome. That is what I am working on. That's really, really awesome. So is that a, something that's currently like launched already or is that like a couple couple we weeks, couple months down the pipeline? Our shirts should be done tomorrow. Okay. Um, and I'm building the website currently. So nice. We'll nice. have that up and running. So this website will be up before your website? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, we all need allies.com. Yeah. I like that Over name. We all need allies. I like, I like that. It too. I yeah. like that a lot. Thank you. It's as good as noise upstairs. Yeah, that's pretty good. It is. Thank good. You. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, but yeah, that's what I'm working on. So. Cool. But as far as you and I, 
we want to talk about the thing we're trying to put yeah, together. The, the Chicago thing? Yeah. yeah. I will not be attending. I apologize. So Adam's I'll not going to be Boston. Apology accepted. But the Chicago show uh, for 21 Pilots is October 17th, which is a Wednesday. Yeah, that's a Wednesday. And we are trying to organize something on the Tuesday prior to it. 16th, we're going to have an event. Um, We're not sure where just yet, uh, but we're trying to lock down a space. It's going to be kind of an extension of we are click artists in a way. We want to meet people. I mean, we want people that are interested to kind of like come together and, and chat. We had a couple ideas, like um, I think viewing the mini series for the event would be really neat. I think that would be really cool. And uh, another thing, we wanted to maybe do like a collaborative art project. Um, I think the space would constrict what that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe like a big collaborative project would be kind of neat. That with all these cool. people, or with anybody that would wanna, that would wanna do it, that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, we just want to get people together and actually talk to them face yeah. to face. Like we want to, we want to like talk to people. And it's like yeah. we've been talking to people over Instagram for so long, and it's like, if you want to like chat, like let's get let's a pizza see. and talk. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna try to do a little get together and we want to talk to people. Oh, it's much better in person. I want to like talk to people and like learn about them. Talk about yeah. Just want to get to know people. Just want to like, you know. <laughs> that sounds so creepy. <laughs> Not to be, uh, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Cool. How you like in Buffalo? I like it. Yeah? Yeah, it's green. Is it uh, not green where you are? There's a lot of corn. 